Hey hustlers, welcome to the Hustle Show audio experience. Real, no filter conversations with successful entrepreneurs where we go over the harsh truth nobody told you about being an entrepreneur. And now, your host, Christian Ariola. Hey hustlers, welcome to episode number 44 of the Hustle Show. My name is Christian and I'm going to be the host of this episode. And remember, the the Hustle Show is where we have real, no-filter conversations with amazing, successful entrepreneurs about the harsh reality that nobody tells you about being an entrepreneur, the nitty-gritty that not everybody talks about on social media. Thank you so very much for tuning in on today's episode. And before we begin our journey today, I want to make sure that if you are new to the show or you haven't done it yet, make sure you hit the subscribe button underneath this video if you're watching on YouTube channel. Or if you're listening in our audio experience podcast, make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well, as we will continue to create top-notch motivational content for you. And remember that all the show notes, the video, and the audio of this episode, you can always find it at thehustleshow.co. And on this episode, we have Eric Rosenberg, who's a finance, travel, and technology writer from Ventura, California. Uh, when away from the keyboard, he uh, he enjoys exploring the world, flying small airplanes, which I'm going to have to talk about, discovering new craft beers, and spending time with his wife and little girl. So, Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. We're thrilled to have you here. And, I mean, the you know, even before I begin the show, I mean, I want to I wanna hear what is it like to be flying small airplanes? It's very freeing. It's cool because <laughs> it's, you feel kind of like you remember in Back to the Future, right? One scene when they get in the car and he's like, How are we going to go if we can't get to 85? And he goes, Where well, we're going, we don't need roads. Like that. <laughs> That's awesome, like, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. I, um, it was something I'd always wanted to do. And um, my in laws overheard it one time and they, this was a few years ago and they got me a lesson as a birthday present. They said, Oh, next time you're down in town, we'll take you go to Santa Barbara airport and fly a plane. And I loved it. It was amazing. So when I got home to Portland where I lived at the time, I found an instructor and I just did it. It was awesome. <laughs> I got my license. So the day I moved to California, was, that's awesome. That was the last thing I did. I woke up, I went to the airport and did my check ride with the instructor. So I got my certificate that I was a pilot. Um, went home, got in the car and drove to California. That's awesome. <laughs> I love this story, man. So let's, let's dig in. I mean, let's, let's hear a little bit about your story. How did you become what you are right now? How did you get into all this consulting and writing and everything that you're doing right now? What's this story there? How did you become an entrepreneur to begin with? Sure. So I, I always had the entrepreneurial spirit in me. I think you could see it early in like, even in Boy Scouts, like when there were the, uh, popcorn sales. I did that. <laughs> and the, then I got really into it when it was the coupon books, the gold C books and entertainment books. I was the number one seller in my troop, like every year that I tried to do it. So like, I it was always like a seller. I was always trying to, to, to be the best and, and make the most I could. And, um, but, but the journey to where I got today, it started out as a hobby. So I started blogging in 2006, which makes me a dinosaur in blogger years. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I you know, got a finance degree. I was I went the normal, you know, quote unquote normal finance track. I went and uh, got a job at a bank and 
Um, while I liked what I did day to day, it, it wasn't the right fit for me. I learned a ton though while I worked there. So when I left working at the bank, I started this little blog, a personal finance blog. I, I didn't know anything about online marketing or anything. I'd just done a little blogging as a hobby. So I called it narrowbridgeadventures.blogspot.com. You know, like <laughs> the worst name ever for a yeah. finance blog. <laughs> so you, know, you, you learn things. So that, that, that became personal profitability, which is my personal finance blog and podcast um, that I have today. I started that in October 2008. So that, that's been going on. It's almost 10 years. Which wow. Which is mine that, that I've had a website for 10 years. <laughs> wow. Like, I feel like it ages me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm a dad. I get to be aged. It's okay. You know, you get to do things like get a dad bod and not worry about it. <laughs> right. That's awesome. I mean, 10 years yeah. blogging. I mean, you, you really love doing it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, but when I started that, you know, I never really thought it would become my, a way to a new career. I never really thought I was going to make a living online blogging. You know, I, I really started this blog after seeing these other people doing, you know, the similar blogs. I was reading them and I was reading all these people's stories about getting out of debt and managing their money. And I thought, you know, I have a finance degree. I used to run a bank. I was the guy who decided if you got a mortgage. So I'm going to start a blog on this. Like I, I know about this stuff. So, so that, that's how it started. I was, so that's where uh, the finance blog started. But I didn't realize I was writing my new resume for a new career <laughs> path when I started that blog. Because essentially it became my portfolio. And I got involved with a few communities online, uh, different blogging communities. And there, there was one called the Yakezi. It's still out there. It's at yakezi.com. And I learned a lot about advertising on a blog through that community. So I started to make a little bit of money. I remember I got a $10 ad and I was so excited because I could go buy a beer. It was like, <laughs> yeah, I could pay for a beer with what I made on the internet, man, this is so cool. So I, you know, I kept working at it and eventually it became enough to pay for like all of my bar tabs for a month, which I was like 25. So that was a feat. Right. Uh, I liked going out on the weekends. Right. So, um, yeah, and it kept growing and growing. And then in 2011, there was going to be this financial blogger conference in a Chicago suburb, and a bunch of the Yakezi people were going. And I thought, you know what? If my blog makes enough money to pay for me to go to this conference, I'm going to do it. And I busted my butt, and I got a bunch of ads, and it worked. And I got to go to this conference. And that was like a pivotal moment in my life because that's when I learned how to turn my blog and do a business was that weekend, that first time. And I got to meet all these huge financial bloggers there that, you know, now I realize they're just normal people like you and me, but they have a lot of readers on their blogs. <laughs> so I was idolizing them at the time. Um, they're great people. So I, you know, I, I met, met these people, learned all these great things and my blog got better. And I kept going back to that conference every year and I got very involved. I started running a speaking event, Ignite FinCon every year at the conference. Now it's called FinCon. It was originally the financial blogger conference. Now it's just FinCon. And FinCon has been this great place where I've been able to learn and connect with so many people and grow. And I started to meet these companies who said, you know, we like what you're doing. We love your blog. Will you write on our blog and we'll pay you? 
And I thought, oh, sure. <laughs> you pay me, I'll write whatever you want. And um, even better, it's, I can write about personal finance. And I'd earned an MBA along the way. Um, well, I was, you know, all this time, I'd been working in corporate finance and accounting, different jobs in, in that realm of, of uh, big companies, and mostly Fortune 500 type companies. So you know, I was making a good living. I became a senior financial analyst. It's not like I was being paid poorly. I enjoyed what I did. But all the while, I had this side hustle going, uh, this personal finance blog, and, and now these freelance clients. And that freelancing started to grow and grow and grow. And in 2015, I, you know, at the end of the year, I looked and all, I added it all up for the year. I made over $40,000, just a hair wow. over in revenue that year. And if you want to see, I have income reports going all the way back to 2012. So you can see five full years of income reports now at personalprofitability.com. But um, actually, I'm just as you guys hear this, we'll have just published the 2017 full year summary. So, but I'll, I'll tell you guys about it here. <laughs> you guys preview. So, um, yeah, so it was $40,000 that year I made online in wow. revenue. And I realized, you know, that's what most, a lot of people make in a year. That's like right. the average rev, like annual salary of someone in Portland where I lived at the time. Right. And I thought if I could do that in 10 to 20 hours a week on the side, imagine what I could do if I do it full time. So I, I, um, we, I was living in Portland. I had a new baby girl at home. My wife was a stay at home mom. You know, everything was nice and good and stable. I was living the American dream with my nice house in Portland. And like any good responsible dad, I quit my job, sold my house, and moved somewhere more expensive. <laughs> and that's how I got to California. <laughs> yeah. So uh, actually, my wife grew up not too far from here. So we moved uh, to Ventura, which is we're about a half hour from my in-laws now, which which is nice. I, I really enjoy. I like my in-laws. They're they're people. A lot of people have in-law horror stories. I really enjoy my in-laws. They're, you know, they're close enough that we can see them regularly, but far enough that they don't just like drop in, which is the perfect <laughs> from family, any family, even your own parents. No, <laughs> my parents are in Denver. I, I wish they were closer. But uh, yeah, so, so we landed here in Ventura and I was now working for myself, working from our, the kitchen table every day in our two bedroom apartment because and we lived about five minute walk from the beach, which was awesome. And, you know, rent was atrocious because we were five minutes from the beach. But, you know, I could work from home and it was awesome. I, you know, I did some uh, co-working space stuff. I worked in the library, coffee shop. So it was, I did the blogger dream. And um, I was also freelanced doing website design and website development for WordPress sites because I self-taught along the way and learned how to do it. It was like a side hustle to my side hustle. And um, I was actually making about 20% of my uh, revenue when I left my job, I thought, you know, and I looked at my income numbers and I realized about, you know, 76% of my revenue was coming from my freelance writing, which was taking about 20% of my time and about 15% of my revenue was coming from the uh, website development, website support work, which was taking about 80% of my time and like 90% of my stress. So <laughs> that was like a clear 80-20 rule thing right there, right? right. If you remember, if you, the Pareto principle, you know, it's, it was in the four-hour work week amongst other places. Um, 
So, you know, 80, 20 year old was like, well, I am stressed. I don't know why I'm not making more. I was getting frustrated. I was working really long hours at that kitchen table in a chair that was not that comfortable. I recommend do not do that guys or, or gals, but definitely guys don't sit in an uncomfortable chair like that for, for, for days, for days and days and days. <laughs> like hunched over. Um, but you know, I powered through it and I decided, you know, I'm going to cut this web work that's stressing me out, not making as much money for the effort. And I'm going to focus everything on writing. So I just cut that like done out like 20% of my income. I walked away. I even had some recurring clients. I um, found them a new home with, with someone who did the same thing. Um, I referred them over if they wanted to go. So I got out of that. My income dropped a little bit, but then over the next couple months, it tripled. Wow. And that's when I broke through 10,000 a month and it never went back. Um, that, that was the beginning of a great ride. And actually, I, I can't say never went back. It sounded really good though, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I missed it twice since. Um, once was I missed it by $200. And, you know, there's a summer lull in traffic you know people are outside like camping and vacationing and and not sitting on the internet so i missed it by two hundred dollars one month i was like you know what ninety eight hundred dollars i was in finance i used to round to the million i'll count it and once um it was actually last month i missed it by about nine hundred dollars but that month uh was you know about five weeks ago there was a massive fire if you guys all saw in the news it was the biggest fire in california history um, the night it started, we it was a block from our house. Six houses burned down within a block of us. Wow. We got evacuated from our house. And when we were evacuated the next night, my wife went into labor. Oh, my we God. Were, we were like three, four days from the due date. So it wasn't like a, a bad time to go into labor. It was a good time to go into labor. It was just inconvenient. There was a fire. <laughs> so we right. had to drive back through the flames, literally on both sides of the car to the hospital and we have a beautiful, you know, five week old baby girl now. Um, but with all that crazy commotion, <laughs> I missed about two weeks of work and um, ended up missing by about $900. So, you know, again, I, I think I'll give it a, a, it was a good effort and I'll give it a pass. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, but otherwise, you know, it's a, it's 120, it was $129,000 in revenue in 2016, in 2017. Wow, it's 2018, right? Yeah. So that, that's where I'm sitting now. It was $129,000 in revenue. Um, and it, it was a good year. I was actually just working on my business taxes today because, you know, finance guy, I do it myself. <laughs> so so that's that's where things are going. And it's uh, it's been a great journey. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't started side hustling. So, you know, the hustle show, that, that's what it's all about, guys. If you exactly. hustle, it was eight years of hard work and I was an overnight success. And I, I was, I quit my job and was making five figures a month online, but you know, I, I kept working at it and, and focused on what worked and did it again and again. And, and it's been, uh, it's been a great payoff. That's amazing. And, and you basically stole the words from my mouth because I was going to say you are the perfect example of overnight success. You know, it took eight years to be an overnight success. And, you know, it's it's one of those things that we all hustle and we all struggle at the same time to understand that this is going to take some time. And, you know, I include myself in there because like in the 
you know, not too long ago, I would say like three or four days ago, I had one of those days. It's like, oh my God, I, I still worked so much and I'm not there yet. Um, and, you know, but it's one of those things like just keep at it, you know, keep at it, keep working, you know, have that faith. And, and in your case, what was driving you to continue doing it? And what, what was your, your vision there? It was, it was, it started as a hobby. Then when I, you know, started, you know, going way back to the stories about, you know, making a beer online, like that was really motivating to me. I, you know, I had, um, I mentioned along the way I'd picked up an MBA. Well, I was working full time while I went to grad school full time. So it was a very, very busy, actually I ended up graduating a quarter early because I took extra summer classes and things. So I, I worked really hard and uh, got out of grad school. It was a $90,000 estimated cost of attendance. So being able to pay for a lot as I went, that includes some living cost estimates. I left with about $40,000 in student loans. Wow. And that was uh, almost as much as I was making, <laughs> I would, I'd say, in, for a year. Um, but you know, I started that side hustle money. I put every dollar into, into the student loans after you know, I built an emergency fund along the way. I'd never had one of those before. So you know, I built an emergency fund and I you know, kept chipping away at that debt, chipping away at that debt. You know, I got a bonus from work and I put a hundred percent of it into the loans because, you know, I was li used to living on my budget without that money month to month. So obviously I could keep living without that. So, you know, I went to the debt. Um, same thing happened when I got my tax refund. I was like, oh, this is so cool. It's like free money from the government. It's not free money. It's money you already paid the government. So when they give it back to you, use it to pay off your debt or you know, invest it in yourself. Don't just uh, don't go on vacation. So, so uh, don't waste the money. Use the money for something good. So for me, it was, it was going into debt. I'd paid off a car loan before. It was a five-year loan. I paid it off in two and a half years by making really aggressive and as big a payments as I could. I started paying you know, every payday half of the monthly payment instead of paying it once a month because that um, actually gives you one full extra payment every calendar year because there's two extra paydays compared to, um, you know, it's not 52 times two. It's, it's just the way the calendar works. So, so it's like you make an extra full payment. Uh, also does some good things with the interest. So I did that and I started increasing those amounts and, and I did this both the car loans and the student loans. Um, it's, there's, it's called the debt snowball or the, I did what's called the debt avalanche. I, I focused on the highest interest debt first and it was two years and six days after graduation, I paid off my student loans. Wow. And I, I felt like they should have done one of those uh, military flyovers like they do at a football game, like have jets fly over my house. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's what I wanted, but that's how I felt inside. Like, so, like, you know, I was driven, like that, that financial reward was great. But at the same time, I was like writing about personal finance and money, something that I was lucky to grow up you know, in a family. And my grandpa was a college professor in um, marketing. He was a business school professor, at the University of Arkansas. I'm actually wearing a uh, Razorbacks t-shirt. <laughs> um, go Razorbacks. Pig suey. So my, my sister <laughs> went there and my dad went there also. So lots, lots of Arkansas connections in my family. Um, yeah, but you know, my grandpa grew up in the Great Depression. You know, he was a business school professor. He actually had Benjamin Graham as a professor when he went to Columbia. So it was the same guy who, who wrote The Intelligent Investor and taught Warren Buffett. So yeah, I had some good, uh, 
good learnings. <laughs> that's not a good, that's not good English. I'm a writer. I, I had a good education growing up from my family and um, good encouragement. And I love being able to, to pass that on and, and teach, you know, those great values and help people who are really struggling with their money. People have emailed me that they follow what, what I've written about at personal profitability and paid off their entire mortgage early, like a $400,000 mortgage paid off. And they're like, look, I'm like 40 something. I can go live my life now without this. Like, how cool is that? To have like an extra $1,500 a month or whatever your mortgage is. I know whether it's 500 a month or whether it's you know, 6,000 a month. And that, that's a lot, 6,000 a month. But imagine what you, what you do for work to afford that. Right. <laughs> You know, whatever your mortgage is, let's say it's a thousand dollars a month. Imagine having a thousand dollars you could do with every month, like that. That's such a cool motivation. So uh, that, that's the next big hump for me is the mortgage. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, I'm still working at it, and and I have you know this wonderful family, and I want to travel more, and I want to, you know, I want to have more time away from the computer. So the more I work now, and the more I can save, and the more I can put away, the the sooner some of that comes, and I'm also investing in some of my own projects. I'm working on a few different apps and, and different business ideas, a startup. So uh, between all those, you know, eventually, instead of doing what I do now, which is more of a time for money, I'll be able to turn it into something that's a, you know, something that scales better, something that you know, if it pays me when I sleep, then I know I'm doing it right. That, right. That's the next step. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's such a fascinating story, you know, the, the place where you are right now. I mean, you're literally living the blogger lifestyle dream and and everything that you're doing is such, such you know, it's amazing. But I want to hear, you know, through the journey of building this this financial blog and positioning yourself as the expert as you are now, during this process, did you ever feel like quitting? Did you have that that type of mentality crossing your mind or did times get so rough that you felt like you were not meant to just continue to do blog and maybe go back to the corporate job? Since I left the corporate job, I never thought about going back to the corporate job. I, I only left, uh, it was April, 2016. So it's been almost two years and it's been a good two years. There were, there were a couple of months that I wondered if I made the wrong choice moving to California. <laughs> we had seriously talked about uh, maybe Austin as a place to live because it's a fun place. I actually have family there. It, I hadn't been in a long time. We, we went and took a vacation there and had lots of tacos. They were really good tacos. <laughs> it, was, it was a fun city. We, we had a great time. But, you know, so we, we talked about lower cost places to live. We definitely, by choice, went to a high cost place to live. But we did that to live by family and there is a huge value in that and we have amazing weather like almost every single day like uh, yesterday it was too hot i had to change into shorts you know <laughs> someone has to suffer through it it might as well be me right that's amazing i call it the sunshine tax it's <laughs> <laughs> what it costs to live here it's like so, well yeah but, but i'm working through it you know it's, it's part of the uh Part of the that's also part of the motivation. Part of the adventure is is you know working hard enough that I could live wherever I want. You know, if I can afford Southern California, I could afford. We've talked about London. I mean, maybe for a couple of years, you know, getting visas and things like that get, gets tricky. Um, but right after I quit my job, just to prove I could work anywhere in the world because I love London, we went for eight days to London, 
and I, we got an Airbnb and I worked on the laptop. My daughter was six months old. So we did some touristy stuff during the day and I worked during nap time and, and her early bedtimes. It's like, that was so cool. And then since we were over there, we went to Paris for a few days too, where I did not do as much work though. So, uh, in London, you know, it's funny, like that first week I got a, uh, a contract from a brand new client, which was exactly what I wanted. And I needed to print it sign it, scan it, and send it back. And all I had was my laptop in this Airbnb in London. So I had to go find using a uh, <laughs> like city mapper. So it's like Google Maps. I found the closest library and went and paid like, you know, you know, two pounds to, to print it and scan it and use a computer. But, you know, that, that was part of the adventure too. Yeah, that's some of the cool, part of the coolness of being an entrepreneur. I never would have found that library or had that experience right. otherwise. Right, you would never find out that it was two pounds to make a copy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was a long contract. It was like, it was. Uh, I don't know. It was like eight pages or something. Gotcha. Yeah, NDAs and you know, but that's uh, it's also part of um, you. You have to learn as you build a business like this. Like I had, uh, I have gone to business school twice, so I've had to take business law twice. So I know how to look at a contract and you know, understand what I'm signing and what I'm getting into. You know, a lot of people dive into freelancing and they just kind of wing it and say, oh, well, you know, big company sent me a contract and they just sign it. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of aspects to running the business you have to think about and, and learn as you go. And if you haven't had that in your education, something you have to go, you know, self-educate. You know, and there's lots of great free resources online to do all sorts of things. You know, if you can go to my blog to learn about personal finance, you can go to lots of blogs to learn about lots of other things too. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah, so, so it's cool. It's part of the adventure and part of the journey. Right. So, I mean, through this journey that, you know, you're basically traveling the world, doing what you love, getting paid for it, which is basically getting paid to do your hobby, which is literally, that's like the dream come true. But it sound like a really boring version of James Bond. But through that journey, I mean, the ups and downs and the struggles that we all go through, the, you know, everything, the craziness, emotional and the ragness and everything that's involved as being as an entrepreneur, what do you think is the hardest moment that you went through in your business? Now, there have been, there have been a, a, a few struggles. I think the hardest parts for me have been dealing with clients that are difficult, where I am for whatever reason, not making them as happy as I think they should be. <laughs> right. So, you know, if I'm doing what I think is what they want and they are not happy in return, and this has happened you know, not many times, but there've been a few frustrating moments. Um, I, I'd say that that's one of the most difficult things. And, you know, the best way to improve that, which I, I've been able to overcome and, and have less frequency is a better communication and better communication upfront. And also, you know, that's um, helped me, you know, th those clients, it turned out there were bigger issues than, um, than them just not being happy with what they were getting. Cause a lot of the time they, they didn't know what they were getting is what it was. It wasn't they, or they didn't know what they wanted to get. So they, they, they saw what I was putting in front of them and they said, Oh yeah, but, but they couldn't give me concrete feedback. This was back in my web design days when I said, you know, 90% of my stress. Right. Um, so, you know, a couple of times I did say to people, um, you know, I, I sent back their deposit. I said, you know, I think I might not be the right person for you on this one. And I, you know, 
I would happily kind of let, let that money go and let them go on to spend it with someone else. Uh, knowing when to walk away from money, that, that was the hard part, I think, because, you know, I have that entrepreneur spirit. I want to get every sale. I want to, I want to do everything I can. But when you end up working so hard for a client and they just don't know what, where that end point will be and you can't get concrete uh, feedback, and that's, that's when it's time to kind of cut it off and sometimes cut your losses and say, you know, those hours were a learning experience to not get into a situation like that again. And, you know, sometimes that meant, you know, I put clearer guidelines and contracts and things like that about the number of iterations on websites and things like that. Um, so, you know, le learning experiences helped, they helped build better processes. Um, gotcha. And, you know, and, you know, there was no financial loss for them and, uh, you know, we, we parted ways happily, but, um, you know, tough. Those were, those were tougher conversations. Yeah, for sure. And, and I've been there too. I mean, even recently I had one of those that, you know, either or whatever you want to look for miscommunication, but you know, somebody is unhappy for sure. So, uh, compared to your blogging business, you know, definitely there's really no reason why you wanted to struggle for free if you could just focus on the blog. So, Definitely, I see why you did that right call and, and just, you know, kill that 20% to focus on the 80, which I think it was a really good and smart decision. And comparing now your lifestyle, like let's compare a Monday right now of your life versus a Monday back when you were in corporate, in the corporate world. What did they look uh, like? What was your life look like? What were you doing? Yeah, so, uh, so I'll start with the old version. Um, I would, you know, most days wake up at 6 a.m., I would get up, have a super quick breakfast, oftentimes in the car, do a way too long commute to work, uh, go sit in a cubicle from roughly 8 a.m. till roughly 5.30, 6 p.m. Uh, with with luckily, hopefully a half hour or an hour lunch break in the middle, but most of the time I'd just eat at my desk. And then I'd go home and have a couple hours with my family and maybe watch Netflix for a little bit and go to bed. Um, that's the old version. I, I bet that sounds really familiar to a lot of people. Oh, and I bet it does. At six o'clock, unless you can get out like right at like 4.47. And that was like the, the key time to, to beat the traffic out. That <laughs> was just hard work. That was a funny uh, anecdote. No, so um, yeah, so, this, so that was the old life. You know, it was, it was get up, do the cubicle, come home and repeat. And in all my free hours, I, I was side hustling and, or, or being with my family. Uh, now, so so here's today because because we are recording on a Monday. Um, I woke up and spent an hour with my daughter while my wife was still asleep with the five week old because you know when when you have a baby at home, um, if I look or sound tired, that is why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was up early with with the uh, two year old and we watched uh, Minions or whatever show she asked for and, and it's and she asked for waffles. So we hung out, played, you know, good, good time as, as a dad. Um, then I did a podcast. I recorded from nine to 10 for my new show. It's called, uh, Oh No, We Didn't with my co-host Whitney Hansen. So we recorded two shows for this week and that was really fun. Um, then uh, my sister-in-law and nephew came over. So I went and hung out with them for a little bit, came back, had a work call for about a half hour with a new client, which... I'm very excited about, I don't know if I can say who it is, but it's a, it's a big finance company you've heard of, and I'm working on a really cool project for them. 
So we had a conference call with, with the new client for that. Um, then uh, wife and daughter, two-year-old got out of the house, two, uh, five-week-old was sleeping next to me in the office. I got to work writing for about four hours. At some point, I brought my daughter out to my wife, um, and, I, and I kept writing for most of the afternoon uh, until about 5.30, I'd say. You know, there was a point in there. I did some video. I did some podcast editing. I uh, did some email responding, and, and then I got to go back to dinner with my family. So you know, the big difference, lots of family Definitely. time in there now, and yeah. I get more diversity in what I'm doing, and I'm not sitting in a gray cubicle which I think are all good things. For sure. And, you know, one thing that, that came to mind while you're describing, I mean, you, you, we all can hear the excitement in your voice and the, the comparison between the cubicle life that, you know, I still remember that life and probably everybody that is listening or not everybody, but many of the people that is listening to us right now feel struggle in those four walls of the cubicle that you can't even see, uh, you know, not a window, you, you can see nothing. And compared to Once your window, that was really cool. Well, yeah, you're probably one of the few, though. <laughs> I was lucky. It was yeah. like six months and then it was gone and I was sad. <laughs> yeah. They took it away from me. So, you know, comparing it, I mean, you sound so much happier just, just the way you were describing it. And at the same time, like I want to share with everybody that is listening, if, if you don't mind just talking a little bit about it, but just for people to understand how you know, how you really can make money doing what you love and then getting paid for it. I mean, yeah. that is, that is insane. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I, you know, I work really hard for my clients and there were days, uh, most days last week, I was in the office working by 7am or 7.30 and I was working till, you know, just about five, you know, 4.35, somewhere in that time. So I was working good solid days. Then there were some evenings I'd jump on to do a podcast or to do whatever I needed to do in the evening. Um, so you know, I work hard, but what's really cool is then I had that day today where you know, half the day I didn't have to be working and half the day I did work. And you know, the, actually, I mean, I say half the day I didn't work, but I was working, you know, I was recording podcasts. I mean, like pinch, that's my job. Like how cool is that? Right. You know, it's, I'm not directly getting paid for, for the podcast. That's just part of you know, how I build my brand, find clients, you know, build my own blog. Uh, it's, um, you know, how, how cool is that? Like, this is our job. This is, this is the thing. And if you find something where you're like, how cool is that? This is my job. For most people, it's not going to be blogging or podcasting or something like that. But there is something that you probably love that you could turn into a revenue stream. Like, I, um, I'm just kind of winding it down now. But since 2011, I've owned a flash mob company where we plan flash mobs for businesses and weddings and proposals, all these things. It's like I was in flash mobs for profit. Like, how cool is that, right? Uh, yeah, I didn't get rich on it, but I, over the years, made thousands on it. I think my peak year, I probably made 5,000. So, like, that was just one fun side hustle I've had. And there, there's so many things that you might be good at, you might be able to do. You know, you can either teach maybe online or create a course or, or create a service or a business, become some kind of tour guide. I mean, you just turn hours you're not using into being an Uber driver, a Lyft driver, do something to, to get yourself sparked and moving. You know, there, there's so much you can do. Don't, don't let time go to waste. You know, don't kill time. Use time. Right. Every minute's precious. Do you think that this is something that anybody can do it or do you really need an MBA to become what you've done? 
to do it the exact way I've done it. Um, I don't think anyone could do without the education I have because I'm working with some very specific clients who want my credential. But I know other people that do exactly what I do. Some make more, some make less that you know don't have any finance degree. Like some, one of them, a friend I'm thinking of, went from the nonprofit world and now makes like four or five times what she used to make because nonprofits don't pay all that well. So for her, it wasn't as big of a risk to leave the job. Right. Um, as it was, you know, for me with, with my wife and daughter, no other income source. When I left my job, that was a, a walking away from a pretty big paycheck. So, you know, so she went from, you know, here's my debt story to, you know, making a living online. Um, you know, there, there's another one I, I can think of who uh, probably makes double what I do uh, because she got very specialized in one specific set of topics and areas so she could command a higher uh, higher pay in those areas so you know it's specializing and focusing and for me it was it was personal finance and and financial products that's what I went to school for but there's a lot of things people will pay you for that expertise that's awesome and I mean I want to change gears a little bit here talking a little bit about your story now to to play a little word game that I like to call the hustle around where I basically give a word at you and you're going to say the first word that comes to mind and it can be any type of word that that whatever whatever you first think about. Man, I'm bad at these. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> that's that's the fun about it. Okay, ready? <laughs> Hustle. Now. Employee. Last year. Boss. Like a College. Valuable. Fear. Love. Weakness. Overcome. Strengths. Use. Motivation. Man, I'm running out of steam on these. Motivation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Books. Very good. And last but not least, Eric Rosenberg. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I actually have a t-shirt that says, I am awesome. That's awesome. So I just want people to know who they're dealing with. Right? Know? Yeah, for sure. You know, not everybody can build a, a side hustle blog into a full time and then now, you know, building apps. You know, it's quite the story there. Hey, we're, we're all awesome for our, in our own ways. You know, don't, don't ever let anyone get you down on what you've done. And um, just because of what you've done before, you have a clean slate in the future. It's you know, awesome. Uh, they say, you know, there's a, uh, I don't remember who said it. If it was Tim Ferriss or Reed Hoffman, someone, someone famous and smart and successful <laughs> said um, that you essentially become the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And, you know, I have made, uh, difficult decisions uh, to kind of distance myself slowly from certain friends because I didn't think they were being a positive influence in my life. Um, tried to build relationships with people who I did think would be positive and, you know, and, and bring me a step forward. So, you know, things like that, they're, they're so valuable. And um, yeah, I, I don't know where I was going to end with that, but <laughs> all of those 
Well, I was going to say that that is actually one of the reasons, that's one of the phrases that got me inspired to do the podcast because it was it was hard for me to find that mentor or find the the right positive people to be around with because, you know, nobody in the family, friends, nobody's an entrepreneur. I was the only one. I was the black sheep and I still am the black sheep. So for me to connect with other people, that's what the podcast is all about. And that's how, you know, even though it's more than five, you know, I love spending, Let you know, time. You yeah, no. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun time for me, you know, and spending time and, and chatting and sharing stories like yours. Like that, th this is, this is what it's about. Yeah. And that's part of why like FinCon was such a big deal for me. And now I've gone from FinCon in 2011 to 2017. So that's, that's a lot of years. I've gone to every single one. There's, there's not many of us left that have been to all of them, but it's, um, it's where I can find people who are excited about the same thing that I get excited about. And it was actually, I think a good thing for my relationship that the second ever FinCon was in Denver where I lived at the time. And I had just about a month before started dating this new girl. And I said, Hey, I'm running this speaking thing. You should come and see, like, I'm not the only weirdo who talks about money and credit <laughs> scores all the time. Like really. And she came and there were lots of weirdos there talking about credit scores and money and it was great. So, so uh, she got to be, you know, you know, in, involved and in, in engaged in that community, just, even just for a little bit very early in our relationship, I think was good because she got to see me do that. And then she got to come to another FinCon, which was great. But also, you know, she's got, what was really cool about that is, uh, and, and getting to the point is it, it gets, um, it gets me so excited. She was able to recognize that. And obviously then, I mean, that, that's true. You know, so whoever knows you best, if they can see what gets you excited, so she sees me that I go and I get so excited because I get to, to meet and engage with those other entrepreneurs and connect to those successes and go meet them in person. Like, you know, I've, I've had a, a beer with Pat Flint. Like everyone's like, like I thought I was going to be like Pat Flint and it turned out freelancing worked for me better than, you know, personal profitability. But um, that didn't mean I stopped working on personal profitability. It's still growing. It's still doing well. I still enjoy it. But freelancing was the thing that worked for me. And um but, but I got to go like meet Pat Flynn. You know, I get to go That's meet awesome. JD Roth. Like I, JD's my homeboy. We, we, I think I have all their numbers like right here in my phone. Um, like, they're real normal people just like you and me. And you can go connect with them. And I mean, not, not necessarily get everyone's phone numbers, but, <laughs> but it, it takes years <laughs> of knowing people for that. But it's um, like they're out there. So even if you feel like you're the only one into what you're into, you know, know there's those those communities out there and if you seek them out and engage with them even if it's just online you know that's a great place that's where it started for me with the AKZ before I jumped in and went to that first event but those conferences are so great I'm a huge fan that's awesome so before we get rolling here we're you know cutting the this episode how can people connect with you and how can they find out more in case they want to either learn from you of what you're doing or maybe learn about financing and and fixing their credit or, or anything related to that? How can they follow you and how can they connect? Absolutely. Yeah. So the, uh, if you are, if you like podcasts, which I'm guessing because you are listening right now <laughs> or watching on YouTube podcasts are great. If you haven't listened yet, uh, the, uh, Apple podcasts, wherever you do podcasts, uh, the personal profitability podcast is my solo show once a week. And Oh no, we didn't is my new one. Or you can go to personalprofitability.com to to get all the good stuff. But I have a freebie I want to give you guys. 
uh, because you're awesome and I love you. Go to personalprofitability.com slash bootcamp. And if you sign up there, you get one email once a day for a week with a video link. Each video is about 10, 15 minutes long with a different lesson to get you on the path to personal profitability. And that is, you know, no obligation, no cost. So, um, or you can find me on Twitter, Eric Profits. I'm, I'm always hanging out. That's awesome. And I'll make sure that I link everything at the at the at the show notes for this episode at the hustle show that co and eric thank you so very much for you know taking the time and and speaking to us being very honest and transparent with your story and and you know showing us your hustle showing us your your passion your drive your vision and everything and i wish you nothing but success and you know for and, and i'm talking here by all the hustlers that are listening to us but i appreciate everything you're doing and we hope to stay connected and to continue to hear more success stories from you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Keep on hustling. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Hustle Show audio experience. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And even if you didn't, make sure you subscribe to the podcast right now. It's still free. Visit thehustleshow.co for all the show notes and to watch the video experience of this episode. We'll see you soon.